You're listening to a Roddenberry Podcast. Well, we could all use a little shore leave after last week's encounter with the Gorn. How about some time fly fishing? Or seeing loved ones? Or aiming phasers at each other? Uh, set to stun, of course. It's Monday night at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, and it must be time for Mission Log Live. I'm John Champion. And I'm Charlene Schmidt. Tonight, we are talking with all of you, our Star Trek pals, about Star Trek Strange New World's Spock Amok. (laughs) And as always, we want to hear from you, both in the Facebook chat and live with us. Call in. You know what to do. Click on the Zoom link or give us a ring, and you can use the one tap from your smartphone, or you can do the old-fashioned thing and call us. That's still an option. 669-900-6833 and enter the meeting code and the password that you see in the show notes. It's so old school, you know, clicking on numbers and dialing and then you type in a code, but it works. It works. What? Yeah, I know. I know. All right. So, yes, all of you, we know that you want to chat with us because, look, even before the show started tonight, Shar and I are saying to each other, there's a lot here. There's a lot to talk about. It's cool and it's fun and it's charming. So, call in and let's talk about that. Okay. So, as we know that you are waiting to call us. You're going to get into the Earl Green room. You're going to chat with Earl. Let's see who's with us tonight in the chat. Already people joining us. And right from the beginning, I love this. Chris Riker, right at the top, he says, I'm <laughs> arriving cross cotred and ready for hijinks. Oh, so, who are you cross cotred with? That, <laughs> that that's really, the question. That is the question, right? Uh, we got Paul number one showing up uh, already. Hey, fellow All mission right. loggers and fellow Pauls. Hope to see some more Pauls in there. We got Jane. We got Chris saying hi to both of us and to the intrepid Earl. We've got Amory. How's it going, Amory? Good to hi, see Anne-Marie. you. Hi, Amory. Yeah, we got Matthew. We got, uh, oh, there's Paul number two right there. He's fun. We'll now commence. That is from Paul number two. <laughs> Okay, uh, Paul of nine. <laughs> we got John Arminio. He's, he said, greetings all. I'm typing this message from inside Ethan Peck's body. Wow. Hot. What's that like? <laughs> it's got to be a little weird, isn't it? <laughs> right, right. Uh, they, I can't wait for the reports from inside Ethan Peck's body. There's Tate. Let's Please see. report. <laughs> I, right. <laughs> there's Rick. Uh, there's Karen. I just saw Karen a few weeks ago here in L.A. Had a lovely visit. There's Carlos. Oh, cool. uh, Carlos is Jolan True. And uh, right back to you, Jolan Carlos. True. Yeah, we got Dave. We got Cooley. There he is. We All got right. Alan. Uh, and he says, are you ready to amok? And yes, yes, we are ready oh, to amok. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. We have so many hijinks ready to go. So many. Look, are, are you are you a hijinks woman? Are you a shenanigans woman? I, I uh, sometimes I go for tomfoolery, sometimes just some screwball antics. <laughs> you know? yeah, I like that word screwball. It's not used nearly it enough. It is very underused. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm a fan of the ridiculous movie Super Troopers, I go for the word shenanigans. Okay, good. <laughs> yes. Very good. All right. Uh, let's see. Well, excellent. Everybody, thank you for joining us. I am so glad to see you there in the chat. Cannot wait to hear what you have to say about tonight's show when we get into it. Um, a few things, though. We always take care of a little bit of business up top. What's happening in Mission Log Land and Roddenberry Podcast Land. Shar, I believe 
believe you have the notes on that if you want to uh, start telling us some of those and uh, and I'll chime in from time to time. How's that? Yeah, you got it. We've got like a full roster here. So nice. let's start off with the fact that you and Norm are coming back from a little bit of a break with yeah. Voyager. You're going to talk Cathexis. Oh, yes, we will. So, yes, <laughs> yeah. I can't wait. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's going to be fun. And then elsewhere with Roddenberry Podcast, make sure you're tuning in to Mission Log the Orville because season yes. three is going now. It is. So Captain Mike Richards and Jessica Lynn Verdi, they're going to have uh, new shows coming for you. Plus, we just have this small little thing that they did with Seth MacFarlane and oh, Tom is Constantino. That, is that all? Oh. It's just that. Yeah, and they covered the premiere already. So if you need to catch up, now's a good time. Yes. Um, Yes. Yeah, and I will say this. like Anybody out there who maybe isn't even following the Orville, check out that interview. Because, I mean, Seth MacFarlane is just a very interesting person. And at his core, he is a fan. So you will definitely connect on that level. So check out uh, that show. Yeah, that's a good time. But we have even more. (gasps) <gasps> there's more. Yes. There, yeah. Wait, there's more. Yes. The thing that's going to tide me over during this prodigy painstaking hiatus is the interview that recently came out with uh, Aaron Walkie. Yes. And oh my gosh. <laughs> As a prodigy fan, I appreciate that so much. I miss this show so much. Yes. I cannot wait for it to come back and hearing him just kind of geeking out about the hut behind the scenes and especially how Kobayashi came to be some of the ideas that circulated around that oh man that was so good very cool and big so, thanks to norman for uh anchoring that because uh he yeah. bang up job yeah yeah he always does a very fantastic job he so does. yeah you can find mission log prodigy mission log the orville mission log engage all at youtube here roddenberry entertainment is the username and of course if you just prefer the podcast thing go to podcast.roddenberry.com and you can get all the audio there Fabulous. Well said, Char. And if you will do me the honors, I will now uh, get right into the recap. There's a lot in this episode, so I apologize, but we'll, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll get through it here. The recap of this week's episode. And we already have three callers lined up. I want to see more in the queue because. Yeah, there, there's just a lot here to discuss. So here All we right. go. Strange New World, season one, episode five. Spockamuck. All right. While the Enterprise limps back to Starbase One for repairs and some crew R&R, Spock has time for a dream sequence. He's literally divided into his Vulcan and human personas, fighting it out on Vulcan for T'Pring, who, oh, hello, is there to meet her fiancé in real life at the Starbase. She's there, presumably on work, but really because she hasn't forgotten how Spock ditched her in the pilot episode, and he really needs to make her move uh, more of a priority. Speaking of priorities, there's a diplomatic one afoot with the Rungovians, who proved to be pretty hostile. Well, you can't blame them. It was a Tellarite who led the first meeting. Admiral April charges Pike and Spock with seeing this one through. The Rungovians want to start right away, which makes Spock late for dinner, which makes T'Pring very unhappy, as far as Vulcans can do that, which they do very well. Thank you very much. Everyone else prepares for shore leave. Mbenga is going fly fishing. Chapel is meeting her hookup. That date isn't exactly going to plan when Dever starts to talk a little more personally about his and Chapel's relationship, at which point Chapel sees Spock eating alone and ditches Dever to go help her friend. She thinks he needs to meet T'Pring where she is, meet her Vulcan side with his own Vulcan half. 
He agrees, and later that night, convinces Dupring to do a kind of super-deep mind meld, a soul meld, really, so that they'll know each other's deepest thoughts. Only it works a little too well, and oops, their minds have now switched bodies. Meanwhile, on the Enterprise, Laan and Number One aren't exactly the shore-leaf types, so they've stayed on board, and it is revealed that Una strikes most of the crew as intimidating. She is where the fun goes to die, as they call her, which is fine, except it's not, and it really seems to grate on her. She needs to prove the others wrong, at least to herself. What's fun on the agenda? Playing a little good cop, bad cop with La'an and some unsuspecting cadets who are trying to take a spacewalk to sign their names on the Scorch, the oldest section of hull plating. That's just part of Enterprise Bingo, a kind of cadet game, and La'an and Una figure they'll give it a shot too, literally, because among the tasks is one to duel each other with phasers set to stun, and that hurts. We better check with Freaky Friday, Spock, and T'Pring, who have found themselves in the position of having to carry out each other's jobs under pressure. Spock is needed to negotiate with the Rangovians, and T'Pring is at the base on assignment to walk a criminal into a path of pure logic. On the way, T'Pring, but with Spock's consciousness, confides in Chapel what happened and enlists her for help in finding a solution. But before that, Spock is going to need Chapel's help in working with Dupring's assignee, Barjan. Ooh, and that doesn't go so well. Spock's consciousness loses its cool when Barjan starts insulting humans, and Dupring's fist lands a punch, cold-cocking Barjan. But hey, they got him to come in. Spock, with T'Pring's consciousness, also hits some bumps in the road while negotiating with the Rangovians. Pike steps in, saves some face, and they just have to wait on a decision. But that leaves time for Mbenga and Chapel to try to unmix Spock and T'Pring's katras. It's painful, but it works, and that leaves these two to make up while uh, looking out from their own eyeballs at each other again. The Rangovians meet with April and Pike one last time, and Pike delivers the final pitch. Maybe they shouldn't join the Federation. It's not without risk. The reward may be unsubstantial. They may gain new enemies through the process. Then the Rangovians leave, and Pike says that he played a hunch that the Rangovians wanted empathy, someone to really hear them out and understand their side. It worked, too, because the next thing you know, the Rangovians are raising a Federation flag. Witnessing this important event are La'an and Una, who just happen to be standing on the hull of the Enterprise, protected by a force field, there to sign their names on the Scorch and complete their own bingo cards. Meanwhile, Spock and T'Pring canoodle in bed, admitting that they kind of like the body swap for the day, and Inabar, Chapel, and Ortegas talk about Dever and how Chapel finally had to cut him off after some brutal honesty. Ortegas says maybe Chapel could try that the next time, you know, to get into a relationship. Nope, the nurse deflects, takes a drink, and the end. Woo! Well done, sir. You <laughs> well, packed that in. Uh, there was a lot, right? Oh my I mean, gosh, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, and I, look, I, I don't want to spoil my thoughts here or, or jump the gun on any of our listeners, but something that I really appreciate is you have these multiple storylines that all have a sense of humor, all have a sense of presence, but they all have great character, thoughtful moments behind them. I mean, it, it just, it worked for me. And I found that it worked 
on the multiple rewatches to come do this show. What, what are your initial thoughts before we get to our first caller? Yeah, I agree. This thing has got staying power. It was just as satisfying to watch it the second, third go around as it was the first time. And I, too, appreciate the balance of some character development, some morals, messages and meanings. But on top of that, a lot of funny, weird stuff, almost to the point of ridiculousness. And (laughs) based on Internet feedback, not everything landed for everybody. Maybe they stretched it out a little too far. Mm -hmm. But you know what? I'm so glad that they were willing to even take that risk. You know, I I was thinking about this and and thinking Star Trek in its history has had a difficult relationship with humor. Sometimes it works really well and everybody sort of universally accepts and loves the humor of, say, Star Trek four, but almost universally can't stand a moment like, you know, Scotty banging his head into a pipe in Star Trek five. So it it really depends on like who's sitting behind the keyboard and writing those words and writing those scenes. Um, But as long as I feel like it comes from the character, it comes from the heart and it's believable in the moment. That allows us to accept some of the other crazy stuff. Like, like we accept insane premises in Star Trek all the time. So if you're going <laughs> to yes. do a Freaky Friday thing, it's just like, okay, that, that's all right, as long as what we're getting out of it is genuine to the character. Yeah, and I would say that there's some really good stuff that comes out of that moment. Yeah, the catalyst is crazy, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. the fact that, to Pring and Spock, basically, they, they actually walk a day in each other's shoes and actually have the empathetic exchange they were kind of going for, <laughs> just right. in a very different way. The payoff is good Yeah, for, yeah. for that sort of thing. What One of my notes here was to say that this is an episode that uh, – and I, I don't want to be too soapboxy here, but you know, one of the things that uh, Norman and Earl and Rod and I have always talked about with uh, Mission Log covering modern Star Trek is that you know this live show serves a certain purpose to be able to go episode by episode in the moment. But if we really did a Mission Log analysis, that would be very hard to do with the serialized storytelling of the previous series that we've gotten up until now. But now we have an episode where I feel like, ooh, I could do two or three mission logs about this one episode <laughs> because even in these just really minute character moments they they pick up some deep truths there that you can absolutely dig into morals meanings messages well so, and speaking of morals meanings and messages that was probably my top takeaway which is speak your truth and don't forget the empathy yeah right Right. And that is such part of the, the, the utter heartbeat of what makes Star Trek Star Trek. Well, look, yeah. uh, let us get into it with our callers and, uh, and hear what they have to say. And maybe they're on the same page with us. Maybe not. We'll see. I want to know what people loved, what maybe they didn't love. And let's kick it off with Paul, as always, with Tendi looking over his shoulder to make sure that he gets it right. <laughs> so, <laughs> Paul, what's, uh, what's up? What's on your mind tonight? Hello, Paul. Hello there, fine people. I hope you can hear me. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, Loud yeah I see it. I see the box light up over here. Um, you you hit everything I was basically going to start out with, but I have to ask you, it, do you think this is like the funniest real action Star Trek episode you've ever seen? Wow. Hmm. Wow. You know, that that is interesting. There are genuine laugh out loud moments in this episode. There and are. I, 
I, all right, so let, let's talk about some other comedic Star Trek episodes. Like, would you consider? I, I mean, look, a, a piece of the action is a comedic episode that that's got some good ideas in it. Good, but it's basically driven by comedy. I. But is that something that maybe the comedy doesn't hold up as well? So this is something for a newer generation where that comedy feels a little more earned, a little more character driven instead of situation driven. Uh, I mean, wh- what do you what do you want to compare it to? What do, what do you want to? Well, where I, do you want to go? I felt as it went along, I I couldn't avoid the. You know, the comparison to I felt like it's watching lower decks with real live characters because it just didn't stop. You know, it just yeah. kept going. And the dryness of the the Spock and Tapring dialogue, yet I'm I'm just I'm in tears watching yeah. it just so funny, particularly when okay, here's Ethan Peck, and he says this in, in the in um the ready room, he's Ethan Peck being Spock, but now being to Pring, pretending to be Spock. Or yeah, yeah. Holy yeah. cow! And and it, you know, there's such sterile characters anyway. And it was yeah. amazing, amazing to watch. And and paralleling that, you have you have Rebecca Romaine, <laughs> where fun goes to die. Okay, here's a, here's a supermodel who's 50, yeah. surrounded by all this eye candy, and she yeah. she just it's the reality of it. You know, it's like. And, and by I, the I'm way, gonna sh- I'm going to show them. By the way, she just seems like one of the coolest, most fun people anyway, like in real life. So then to Truth. be able to yeah, so then to, to be able to make her character not that is wonderful and she played it great uh but but paul you really hit on something there a moment ago which is talking about the spock to pring dynamic you can't do a movie or a tv uh, episode where you do the the mind swap body swap thing unless there's a reason unless there is something to be learned at the end of the day and i feel like one of the most revealing things in that whole process here you've got Spock's mind inside Pring's body talking to Barjan, genuinely getting worked up about all these shots that he's taking at humanity. And you just think, wow, look at all of this stuff that informs what we know about Spock. Of course, there was mention about him growing up on Vulcan and, and having a very difficult time with it being half human. But then fast forward to what we know from Star Trek TOS Amok Time. And it, it, it I, I think it actually paints something much more interesting and much more complex and subtle about Tapring. That here's Tapring, where Spock gets this insight into, wow, what must Tapring think about me being half human, half Vulcan? Like, is this going to weigh on our relationship? Do, am I making good or bad decisions here? I, I thought all of that was such a wonderful reveal in depth to both of these characters that, yeah, look, we have to swallow the sci-fi contrivance, but you get something that's really meaty there at the end of it. You do. They get vulnerable with each other. They're sharing their insecurities, and that is going to strengthen their relationship. Uh, Or doom it. 
<laughs> well, yeah. I mean, okay, we know how this is going to end, yeah. but how it's going right now is really yeah. interesting. Let's keep seeing how they get there. Yeah, but, but and that is the cool thing. It's like, yeah, if you've watched a muck time, you know where it's going to go. Of course, there are many, many more details to, to fill in between here and there. But instead of just Tupreen being this sort of like, uh, it, you know, cold dragon lady uh, you know this, this, this <laughs> yeah. enemy she's anything and, but yeah now, now you actually go wow there there's genuine conflict and depth here and what's going on so did either of you two just get chills at that first like three minutes when when they hit the gong and then they shook the bells i was just like ah. i was just trans- <laughs> i was sent back to like when i first saw this back in the 60s i was like holy cow look at how sharp it is right there's all this detail <laughs> yeah I, I, I was in disbelief i to was be honest. exactly charlotte i, I, I was thought just, like okay this what are they doing here okay they're doing this yeah. you know and then the music kicks in like oh they're going for it and yeah. i'm just having so much fun at that point i'm just you know. I, I'm, I'm so glad you said that, Char, because I think in the chat, I think it was Carlos who, who just mentioned the music, mentioned the music. <laughs> <laughs> the music yes. is amazing. It is. And, yes. and it was the perfect way to do that. Like, it, it, you're not just creating a scene to indicate to the audience, like, look, we've watched this before. You're giving it new context oh, by definitely. making it about Spock's conflict. Yes. Which, again, so cool, feeds right into what we do get out of a muck time without just recreating a muck time. What's going to be really fun, maybe after this first season, is watching a muck time and seeing what Strange New Worlds has brought for extra context to that episode. Yeah, right, right. And I, you know, look, if we go back to Picard in this past season and all those things that are revealed about Picard's character, then you go back to watch episodes of TNG. You go back and you see totally. those moments where he talks about his mother and you just go, oh, wow. They oh, just yeah. added <laughs> so much more weight to this. They gave us a new context to look at the things that we already knew. Um, yeah. I, oh, I gosh. I did that too with yeah. where no one has gone before and just so much yeah. context between that and what was going on in season two, man, the writers understood the assignment as the kids say. Absolutely. Jane, by the way, uh, fighting with the fight scene music. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so everybody completely on board with that. Um, what, what else, Paul, what else is on your mind tonight? Just, you know, uh, the completeness and the, the never ending storylines. I got, I got two more points that are going to affect me personally. Well, not personally, but one as a modeler, now, everybody who buys the disco version of the Enterprise has to update that panel on the ship with micro, tiny, little autographs now. I mean, yes. they've just chaos within the modeling community. And now there's this canon that we have to replicate in some sort of micro <laughs> detail on a, you know, a, a, I don't know, a, a 500 scale enterprise it's going to be a nightmare but people will try to do it you know it's going to happen i want to know uh and maybe we've got uh paul wright in the audience tonight um i of course i I love maritime history and i love uh ship details and you know i even as far as very recently like there are certain traditions that are carried out like putting a coin under the mainmast of a ship or um even when you're talking about uh spacecraft like uh 
uh, designers and builders signing the inside. I have a family member whose signature is on the moon because of the, the lunar module. She helped design it. So uh, stuff like that happens. And, and I, I wonder if in modern shipbuilding that that is still a thing, because I thought that was such a cool detail. And, and I, I thought the same thing, Paul, like, is somebody going to try to replicate like a little piece of that? I was trying to read the other names on there, too. So was I. I didn't get a whole lot, like no recognizable names. Did anybody? I think there was Peter, I thought. It looked like Peter or something like that. So maybe somebody else got more out of that than uh, than I was to pick up on the freeze frame. I'm also sure we all freeze frame the bingo list. Of course. Okay, good, good, good. The bingo list will pay important as we move into the uh, Patreon ad because we certainly need to create the <laughs> mission log bingo, including log bingo. I've I'm got thinking, this in my notes, sir. Yes, we need. We yes, need, we need to make this happen, and I have some things, suggestions. Me yeah. too. One is you must call into mission log live. I think oh, that needs to be on. Yes, there. very That's good. Important. You yeah. need a photograph with at least one of the hosts. Yes. In some way, whether it's on the computer, like right now, I could screen cap it and I have a picture with both of you. That's but good. Preferably, yeah. preferably in Vegas. And yeah. I, we're open to suggestions, I think, on the Patreon feed. Now, in order to tell us these, you need to be on the Patreon Discord. So <laughs> yeah. you know, I love this. Yeah. Oh. Paul, you're doing the ad for us. Paul, it's you're brilliant. a genius. You are a I, genius. The Patreon uh, Discord is a community and I am not paid by anybody that has just been the most marvelous group of folks to hang oh, out man. with. If you're a trekker, <laughs> trekkie, uh, trekker, whatever you call it, I'm a, I'm a trekkie, <laughs> loud and proud trekkie. And it can, this can, this can be our month too. So uh, there you go. <laughs> trek, this is why we're friends, my man. Trekkie <laughs> pride. Um, <laughs> I got great. one, one yeah. last thing. Bring it. That I, my wife and I just looked at each other and, it's the last look that um, Chapel gives Ortega. Oh, let's talk uh-huh. about uh-huh. that. Let's talk about this. Without yeah. a word mentioned, I feel she had just created a yet the next level of controversy, vitriol. I, I just can't wait to see certain fans go nuts about, well, what's that about, right? I just like, <laughs> wow. What power right? in two young actors working a scene and just given the right to go for it. I I mean, hotness all the way around. That's all I got to say. It was you, amazing. You, amazing. You've heard me say before many times on Mission Log when we talk about an episode and I'll point out maybe something that I loved or didn't love. And very often I fall into the camp of saying, when you can do something with the utmost efficiency of the script, if you can take, I heard somebody talking not long ago about writing a script, showing it to somebody. And she had like a nine page scene and the person she was working with, the editor was like, cool, get that down to a page. And and it sounds like an impossible task, but you watch an episode like this and you realize that in an hour, you have three plot lines going on. So each one of those plot lines is taking up less than 20 minutes and you can get these multiple moments and each one of those moments has to have its own beginning, middle and end. And when you can boil something down like a look, like literally just a look and a sip on a wine glass, 
that says everything that you need to say in that scene. The writers, the actors, the director, they have all done their jobs. And I live for moments like that. Yeah. Well said. Amazing. And speaking of which, I I will raise the glass and give you the look and say to the chat people, yes, indeed, I (laughs) am setting myself up to win the first Mission Log bingo. So there we go. Yes. Yes. (laughs) All right. Toast to that, buddy. Paul, thank you so, so much. Hey, uh, Char, we do have Cherie standing by, and I cannot wait to get to that conversation, but we're coming up on the halfway point, so I do want to talk about some of our notes. We'll talk about Patreon a little bit, and then in the second half of the show, we'll bring in Cherie and then Alan, and uh, let's see here. looks like we got Patrick calling in, so I'm very... (laughs) Earl says they're all looking to play Mission Log Bingo tonight, so uh, (laughs) I'm very... Should we take some time to make some ground rules and start people off so they can play as we go oh we're gonna work this up we're gonna we're gonna it'll be posted in the patreon and we'll we'll develop this over time but i I think it's a given that that picture whether it's a screenshot or in person that counts that That one's gotta go yes for sure also if you make a meme and share it on the discord that (gasps) should be another Yes. Yes. Oh, I like Alan's that. all over that. I'm sure. Already. Alan is he, he is the <laughs> master. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, Jim in the chat talking about that, that look at the end of the episode, Jim yeah. says, I took it as a subtle Corby reference. Um, and, and here's the thing, though. I think there's a lot going on the chapel that we can also look at is this burgeoning interest in Spock as well, which totally. I think makes all of that very well earned. Of course, we haven't mentioned uh, Corby yet. So uh, obviously, er, her love life contains multitudes, we might say. I think it's going to get really complicated really fast, don't you think? I think so. I think so. And, and you know, look, I, I got to understand her hesitance to have the conversation, have what, you know, the talk with, uh, with Dever. Um, I get it. I understand. And it just made me think that, you know, uh, I, I might need to have the talk with uh, Chapel. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Did I say me? <laughs> did I say I? Ooh. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know why I was saying that I need to have the talk with Chapel. Uh, <laughs> you know, like there, there are things about our relationship that need to be explored and discussed. Wait, is, is this another yeah. thing maybe for the bingo is you confessing your love for Nurse Chapel? Uh, that might be. Oh, well, it's done. It's done. It for is me. done. It's so everybody gets there. a free one right yeah, there. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's, that's Circle exactly gets the square. <laughs> that's exactly it. Uh, let's see here. Oh, funny. Okay, somebody's recommending put your signature on John Champion's back or shaved into Norm's hair. <laughs> so <laughs> this is all. Man, is... the hijinks in Vegas are going to be off the wall, aren't so they? So many hijinks. Watch Ooh. out, because if you're on our Patreon, you know that there is a uh, a special party coming as well. So We are yeah. planning to partay. Exactly. Yes. All right, so that is the reason then to mention, because Paul did it so beautifully for us, that of course you can join us at Patreon, patreon.com slash mission log. There is so much great stuff happening there. Of course, you get the preview episodes every, well, almost every week depending on what the schedule is but (laughs) mostly a week in advance there is special swag that is exclusive to the patreon group uh but the most important thing the heart and soul of that is discord where we have our own private chat there our own private network and it is just great we keep it positive we keep it fun we keep it thoughtful though and even just today before doing the show uh engaged in a conversation with a listener who is relatively new to mission log relatively new to discord um, and had just great questions about 
kind of cultural representation in Star Trek and particularly in DS9. And I love that we, we get to have fun there, but we get to further explore the ideas of Mission Log. So you know what to do. Patreon.com slash Mission Log. Join us there and uh, enjoy enjoy it. it it's such a <laughs> yeah. I, I enjoy it it's such a i do a, too yeah, it really yeah. is a happy place we do have it all there right you know twitter discourse is just really getting on your nerves come join us we have real conversations we have the funny we've got the serious we've got any kind of topic you could want yeah we've got yeah. cat memes we've got the food pics we've got everything <laughs> everybody just please come on in and, and occasional radical empathy so, you know, so, yeah, yeah, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Patreon.com slash mission log. That's what you do. And uh, watch out because those bingo suggestions will keep coming. Um, hey, let's kick it over to our next caller. Let's Cherie. Yes. Welcome to the show. Great to see you again. Hello. How's it going? Going all right. Excellent. Excellent. And what is on your mind tonight about these strange new worlds that we find ourselves in? Well, I've been um since the since the first episode I've been thinking about how the Vulcans in this particular um version kind of pawn far all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, in a perfect world, uh yes. <laughs> and then uh what 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 do you do you think about that? <laughs> I, well, it, I can I can go. Ahead, go. Please, uh, please. I don't have a problem with it. I I always figured Ponfar was like the the mating instinct to reproduce, like have children, the way estrus happens in animals. But who's to say that Vulcans can't still have fun in between those seven years? Yeah, yeah. That's just how I've seen it. I, I think one of the most interesting things about the Vulcans is the imperfection of the Vulcans. You know, it, it's I, like I thought it was so smart when we got to Enterprise, and I'm totally breaking the timeline here. You know, because uh, we haven't even gotten to it in Mission Log yet. It's okay. I love Enterprise. Good, good, good. Um, you know, fans freaked out when the Vulcans got kind of rewritten with this antagonistic, abrasive personality, um, but we're talking about a hundred plus years prior to Kirk. We need to see what makes them them and how do we forge an alliance? Um, and, and what actually is lying at the heart of what makes a Vulcan unique. And as we have always heard, go all the way back to uh, the naked time. When you start to peel away those layers, there are seething, unbridled, uh, intense emotions at the core of a Vulcan. They just have to stop themselves from killing themselves and each other by this dedicated adher adherence to logic. Otherwise, it's all over. So I would think that, um, you know, as much as Vulcans talk a good game about being very logical and not lying, no, 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 we've, we've caught them doing things that are either lies or um, <laughs> bending logic to suit their own uh, uh, selfish purposes. So I think having a uh, robust sex life is also probably right in line with Vulcans, just the part that we don't see. Um, and I, Shar, I love your interpretation about what Ponfar actually means, that that is something very specific <laughs> that is maybe much more intense um, and it is much more of like a, 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 like a biological destiny <laughs> that, that drives them, you know. Yes. But in their off time, 
they're finding right? other ways to work through the urge. Yes. There yes. you go. Yeah, who uh, says Shereen, they can't have a little fun? Yeah, exactly. Well, well, fun such as it is, such as they would justify <laughs> Right, right. It. Given these rules and constraints that the Vulcans claim to adhere to. Yes, and we know that their claims only go so far. Uh, <laughs> uh, Shereen, does that help to contextualize it, or do you feel differently? Uh, I'm very curious. I, I still feel like I actually really like um, in Enterprise, like what they all the like kind of building on the Vulcan like background. I had like a little a few quibbles. I felt some of the Vulcans were a little bit too like one of them. I was like, he kept, he's clearly not using logic. He's clearly just mean. Like, yeah, right. Anyone can see that. But yeah. um, but for, for the most part, I really liked the Vulcan storyline in Enterprise. I love the ship that they they brought in for enterprise i love the little uh circular vulcan ship um <laughs> my favorite ship designs uh and i didn't mind um uh i know it's a little controversial but i didn't mind uh trip and uh to paul's relationship i i thought that was interesting and it it made sense yeah. to me um i think the thing that bothers me about this particular edition is because it doesn't feel like it's done for story purposes it feels like it's done because Ethan Peck and um the actress who played Praying are both extremely good looking yeah yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) well this is true sure they got those hot bodies might as well show them off and and isn't it interesting though I mean this is a discussion for a whole other show probably for another hour plus but um I feel like Strange New Worlds has found an interesting relationship with the sexuality of Star Trek that we have not had in a good long while you know um TNG was always sort of like on the edge like we'll we'll sort of explore this a little bit but then quickly sort of pull its punches you know and fast forward I'm skipping a lot here but fast forward a lot you get into the modern trek era and discovery has its own vibe its own feel it is very much a show about an internal journey and people working through their stuff picard is a series that has more to do with uh you know aging and some of these very big concerns about uh death giving meaning to life strange new worlds has found a fun element And it has allowed these characters to cut loose and relax in a way that we haven't seen in a while. Um, And I think that's fine. I think it's fine that other shows have their own take and their own priorities. This one has found its own that is also quite a bit of fun. By the way, speaking of fun, just want to read a couple of comments here. Uh, Patrick, who says, Pon Far Night at the Vulcan Nightclub. He's uh, looking forward to that. <laughs> Brian yeah. says, uh, Brian says, Pon Far, Pon Fun. And um, <laughs> uh, uh, Carlos reminding us that Gia Sandu is who plays uh, Tapring. And uh, let's see, the, there was, oh, I, I love this one, Tate, who says, uh, Dorothy Fontana said that, speaking of Vulcans, they're not limited by the seven-year cycle look at spock flirting in the cloud minders oh yeah uh so there are definitely some uh nuances to this What, what i like about trying to take a show and fit it into canon is that you get the ability to explore all these other corners that just sort of go like oh but wait there's more to the story you know so we might be set up with one thing that says Vulcan sexuality is like this. Well, that might be all we know. That might be all, all we know for a moment. 
then we get to explore all these other corners of it. That so, is something I think Strange New Worlds is doing really well, is it is taking a lot of what we know from this time period and building on it. And what we think we knew, we're learning so much more about it. It's yeah. doing it so well, too. Yeah, uh, agreed. Uh, uh, by the way, uh, uh, Jim just says Strange New Worlds is doing so many things right. Amy says, I for one approve of sexualizing Ethan Peck. <laughs> <laughs> So sure, many uh, people do. Yeah, so they. I thank liked. You. I liked in the dream where he was human because I think his hair looks better when he's human. Hey, uh, I don't disagree with you. The hair is great. He, he looked great. By the way, one of my notes, which I, I thought was so funny, that scene where he's sitting there with Chapel and she slaps him, and that his inclination is to go up and fix the hair. <laughs> I I want to know whose inspiration that was because it was perfection. It was so, so good. great. Yeah. Uh, Cherie, before we move on to some more callers, uh, anything else on your mind tonight about tonight's episode? Well, I, I, I'm sure some people were probably thinking it, so I, I will throw in there, having liked Enterprise, I really can't complain too much about them putting sexualization in for sexualization's sake, because we know that Enterprise did that. <laughs> um, and, and, yeah. You know what? It's... It's all about context, though. It's all about context. Like, do you buy the reason for the scene? Do we buy Spock and T'Pring having a relationship? Yeah. And look, yeah. I, I fully I know that it, it violates some canon stuff that we know from a muck time. However, we've not gotten through all of Strange New Worlds yet. So that's right. Well, relationship it, as a whole, I really like. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want I want those crazy kids to to to. To work it out, except that I know they won't. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and, and look, again, speaking of, as I said before, that this could launch a whole other discussion about other things. We gave so much depth to to bring, but I think there are very good questions to ask about, like, are her demands reasonable? Are her expectations reasonable? Knowing who Spock is, knowing where his duties lie, you know, is Spock being unbending and unreasonable here? Is he being insensitive? Well, he is supposed to be half Vulcan and without emotions. How far does that sensitivity go? So there is wonderful stuff that just got sort of exploded onto screen in these short scenes. And I can't wait for more. I I totally agree with you. This dynamic is a lot of fun to see them exploring it. So there's got to be more going forward. Yeah. It would be cool if actually they introduced Song's character. (laughs) And we got to know more about him. Right? Oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because how frustrated does Dupreen get that it's like, well, Stan's looking pretty good right now. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> right? Maybe yeah. that's down the road. Could be. Could be. Yeah. All right. Cherie, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time and your comments tonight. And we will see you soon again, I hope. Thanks. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Take care. Night. Have a good night. Um, by, by the way, just uh, some more of the comments here in uh, in the chat. Uh, so Scott uh, Palm, hey Scott, what's up? Wants to know. Uh, so does Kirk have the whole detailed? That that's you know, do they do they keep <laughs> the, uh, the the names there? Does he sign it himself? That would be good to know. That's a really good question. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris Riker says, "Wait, sex in Star Trek? Great Roddenberry's ghost." Yeah. 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 Appreciate that sarcasm. Thank you very much, Chris. Uh, Let's see here. And then a couple of other. Oh, I lost my place. Lost my place. Uh, Let's see here. Oh, uh, Brian says it was Spock becoming a legend that bothered to bring not his Starfleet status. I think that's absolutely fair as Mm. well. That that, that legendary status 
came from Starfleet, you know. Yeah, well, so, yeah, <laughs> she's yeah, competing in her, in her mind. I think she feels like she's competing with Starfleet, and that's a pretty high bar to me. That that is that is absolutely all right. Well, let's see what Alan has to say about these matters and more. Alan, welcome to the show. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Hello. John Char, nice to see you guys again. Good, good to, to see be you. back. Nice to see yeah. you. Yeah, and it's it's good to it's good to be back. Lower decks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Heck yes. I know. Uh, Buffer time. Yeah, in the green room. Yeah, in, in the green room, uh, Paul and I were were talking about uh, who would who would get that beat, and I I gave him that one. But I just want to say that um, you know, as far as comedy influences on Star Trek, I think this. I think we we've hit sort of an. I believe it's an auroribos moment mm. where we have a Star Trek episode that feels kind of influenced by the Orville. Ooh, interesting. Interesting. In, in anything specific or just sort of in the, in the tone? Uh, just basically the tone yeah. um, more and, and kind of like the, almost the type of humor that's being yeah. employed where it's not, you know, lower decky, Hey, look! It's a you know, it's a horgon, um, <laughs> but more like um, you know, kind of like putting putting the characters in humorous and amusing situations and intentionally playing the writing for funny. I wonder if we'll look back on this five years from now, ten years from now, and go, okay. For a live-action science fiction show doing humor, this is this is sort of where we land. This is when when we accept it when it's done right. That you get a show, uh, you get an episode like a muck, uh, a Spock a muck, and it parallels that kind of thing that's happening in the Orville, etc. That, that that just kind of becomes the style shorthand for how that worked now, as opposed to like looking back to the mid to late sixties and you go, Oh, okay. Well, when they were doing humor, they were doing, you know, Batman 1966. And then a show like the man from uncle says, Ooh, we're changing directions and we're making our show look and feel like that because that's how humor is done now, you know? Uh, Or it, so is it just sort of a thing in the zeitgeist says, here's how we do it. Or is it, a, a more direct thing was somebody on the writing staff going, Hmm, what, what if we did this? <laughs> you know, Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> the formula yeah. worked for them. Yeah. Maybe we should try it. Yeah. Right. Right. Could be. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I, I think, I think we're all on, on record as, as saying that uh, bad writing is kind of a lazy cop-out critique, but at the same time, guys, good writing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. This was good writing. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. Like you were saying earlier too, we've we've got, gosh, at least three storylines. Yeah. All totally consistent to varying degrees. Mm-hmm. Some are a little bit wackier than others. Um, some are more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but not only totally uh similar, but thematically similar as well it feels like somebody sat down um i didn't see specifically who's credited as writers on this episode but it's like they sat down and said we're doing a a story about seeing things from someone else's perspective 
put put yourself in someone else's shoes. How literally. many ways? How <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, literally? Yeah. How many ways can we do that? Okay, we've got body swap. Yeah. We've got these aliens who all they want is someone to understand their point of view. We've got Lan and Una trying to figure out why they freak out the crew. Yeah. <laughs> and playing, you know, this this weird game that that the crew plays. We've got whatever's going on with Chapel's love life. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, she th- needs to take her own advice. I think yeah. so, yeah. And <laughs> right. that's you know, that's sort of like the flip side to the wacky version of this story is that we do get this sort of heartfelt kind of hmm, wonder what she's thinking kind of yeah. A thing. Yeah. 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 yeah good so, call. And, and, and isn't that the nice thing that you can take something thematic like that, that, that uh, overarches the whole episode and mm-hmm. then you do what Star Trek does, which is, all right. Yeah. We, we have, have the more realistic, I, I mean, I, I call it realistic and that's in big, big quotes, but like just Una and Lan doing what they're doing, which is I'm going to go try to live like a cadet or, you know, lower decks crewman today just to see what it's like, because you could do that in your own life. You could do that in your own job, but we're going to take a crazy sci-fi metaphor story and literally do the body swap because again, Star Trek asks us to buy insane premises all the time. (laughs) So why not? We'll do it here. But we're actually going to get something out of these stories when they're told. We'll actually get something that that has weight to it and meaning at the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I I can't agree more. And um, again, as people have been saying, all due praise to uh, Ethan Peck, who is really sort of I think growing into Spock. Um, Giacendo was amazing and just the fact that they can make Vulcans funny is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> and that it works yeah. so well. Yeah. Who'd yeah. have thought? Um love the the Rongovians, although I I have to say, um as a species, uh not not somebody I want to uh try to uh pick a, a dinner date with. I think that would go poorly. <laughs> What do you? What do you want? Oh, I, I'm okay with whatever. Just, just pick a, pick something. Okay, how about Thai? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> Italian? Well, we did that last week. Mexican? It's a bit late for that, don't you? Just pick something. <laughs> hey, uh, were you as happy as I was uh, to both of you to see a Bolian, a young Bolian hey, in yes. our midst? Yes. That Very was excited super by cool. That. Yeah. Yeah. Close shave for the Bolian. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Of I also course. appreciated the line about Mr. Kyle. He's so mean. I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Does anyone want to know the, more about why? that? Yeah. Yeah. Why? And, <laughs> oh, here's here's a side note: is Mister Kyle has been in every episode so far, even if it's just for thirty seconds. Yeah. But I find that really impressive because the guy who's playing him uh, was Andre Day Kim. He is just killing it. Yeah. With whatever time he gets. Yep. Yep. Totally great. He he's got a kind of charisma on screen that is wonderful. And here's what's hilarious: is when you drop in a line like that, he's so mean. <laughs> 
right? <laughs> totally, what does that mean? totally out of context. It just leaves it to us to go, well, wait a minute. Is like, is Kyle some weird genius who just cultivates this image for himself? Or, or is he actually totally awful to anybody who is a lower crewman? Like, so many questions. And I hope they never get answered. You know? Absolutely. <laughs> but Just, the mystery is a lot funner. Yes, sure. absolutely mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. Alan, uh, any last thoughts tonight before we jump over to our uh, our last caller? Only got to say that, you know, if you want to win Mission Log Bingo, you got to make your own meme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. You're on it, right? Yes, you do. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, he's got <laughs> that one wrapped up. <laughs> All right, Alan. Take care. Have a great Have night. Have a good one. Have a good one, everybody. Good. Night. good. Bye. All right. And it looks like uh, our final caller for the night, we got Patrick calling in, who has been patiently waiting and uh, enjoying, I hope, enjoying the conversation thus far. So, uh, Patrick, welcome to the show. And what is on your mind tonight? Well, yeah, well, yeah, well, well, yeah, I have been most definitely enjoying the conversation so far. Relating to, to, well, well, first off to what y'all were saying about Kyle a moment ago, I saw something on Twitter a couple the other day, like someone was hoping that that'll become a running thing. Like you keep hearing about it, but you never see it, you know, like, like on DS9, everyone keep talking about how Morton would never shut up, but you never hear him talking. So exactly. Yes. Patrick, you nailed it. That, that yeah. should be the mourn. Yeah. Of- <laughs> Yeah, well, Things I can't take world. credit for the, well, well. I can't yeah. take credit for the observation. I just saw it on Twitter, but I uh, thought the same thing. I'm like, yes, perfect. Hey, you brought it to us. You I'm giving what? you credit. All right. Okay. I thought maybe he'd be more like the Miles O'Brien of the TNG days, where he's oh, just in yeah. the transporter room almost like 95 percent of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. You're just hanging out. Like it may, may be totally empty all day long, but he's but there. But he's there. Yeah. yeah. Oh yep. my god. Yeah. Love yeah. it. You know, overall, yeah, I lo- I love this episode. I mean, um, you know, like um, I make the all the callbacks. I mean, the fact that they opened up with a dream sequence and actually, actually now, given they given that they had the Amok time fight music in the dream, it is now my canon that well, that Spock actually dreamed up the Amok time fight music. Oh, I love that. Nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah. that's so good. Hey, I'm uh, with it, you. That's good stuff. Speaking yeah. of little in universe things like that. How many of you caught, and I hope you loved it, the pad when they checked off one of the items oh. on the bingo <laughs> that it played the little Star Trek chime? Yeah. I need notice? that to be a little sound effect for my phone. Oh, it better be. Somebody got John Van Sitters on the line and let's let, let let's if go. it's licensed or whatever, let's yeah. get it. I thought that was so cool because little moments like that, like they can be done well. Or they can be done poorly. Uh, some of you may remember, like in uh, uh, Moonraker, when uh, James Bond plays the Close Encounters theme on the uh, on the little keypad, and you go like, "Hmm, okay, does Close Encounters exist in the James Bond universe? It may very well." Or I think it's an octopusy. He hears the James Bond theme being played on a, on a pipe and you go like, Hmm, okay. Is he aware that that is his theme song? Sometimes that fails like that, but in a situation like this, it's just a few notes that exist and they show up on a pad. 
I'm totally good with that. Yeah. Yeah. Or, it's like, or it's like in the Lower Decks episode with them, with them, with them. Um, Tom Paris, there's that part, that part when Boimler's humming the Voyager theme as he's yeah. walking down the right. corner. Right. <laughs> right, right. Okay, and so help me, if Lower Decks does not parody the Enterprise bingo sequence... Something is oh, wrong. Oh, we, they we have to, to do something like come that. Come on, yeah. Absolutely. I'm sure yeah. Mike McMahon has a plan already, but we just yes. really need to see that come to fruition, please. Yeah. Yes. I think I saw someone else saying that saying that on Twitter, too. Yeah, there had, yeah, there had to be a, a Lower Decks version of it. Yeah, There must. Yeah, yeah Mariner, you know, yeah. is all over this. She made half of those oh. rules. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, yeah. Or in her case, rules. But, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, maybe there's a real disparity here. That could be fun, too. Cerritos yeah. Bingo is really a different style than Enterprise Bingo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Alan says in Cerritos Bingo, uh, number one spot, hot banana. That's of course. Cool. <laughs> of course and, and, yeah. and by the way, huge thanks to whoever. I don't know if they uh, created it for the Mission Log Discord or if it just exists out there. But somebody did a uh, just a repetitive GIF. Yeah, I said GIF. You can say GIF if you want. I don't care, but I said GIF. Just a, uh, <laughs> on a loop of a hot banana flying out of a replicator. <laughs> it's nice. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, two little details I wanted to bring up because this was, uh, this was mentioned earlier in the chat. Somebody asked about if, uh, Ortegas said something about a replicator. And I, I took a note on that. No, she did not. She said that it was a matter synthesizer. So they're, they're staying close okay, to, different. yeah, to, to what we would have known at the time. This is pre, uh, uh, pre replicator era. And, uh, somebody else mentioned in the chat and I, I kind of let it slip by so i apologize i don't know who mentioned it but i had a similar note that shot of the enterprise in the distance outside of that negotiating room that conference room they were in of that oh my god stunning stunning beautiful it sort of was reminiscent of like a 70s era uh, Star Trek novel cover painting, you know, yes, it just it does. had that feel, right? Yes. Yeah. Also, I really would like that to be a desktop wallpaper. Yes. For all yes. the talented people on the internet, I, I have a to-do list, please. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, look, right. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It really looked amazing on my new TV. I just, I just got a new HD, HD, HD TV about mm. a, a week and a half ago, so that looks. It's gonna look good. <laughs> Yeah, and also another callback I liked on it as well was that guy that Tupring had to bring in, Vitash Couture, a little Enterprise reference there, too. Oh, was it? Oh, Wait, really? Yeah, yeah, to the, uh, yeah, to the episode Fusion from the first season. Okay. So that, that, was, that, was that, that was that super creepy Vulcan who went after T'Pol. Oh! Yeah. Wow. Okay, yeah, that wow! Was, yeah, that was also the one that had... um. Um, um uh, what's, his, what's his what's his what's his name um, um, um robert pine was the vulcan captain in that one. Oh my right. god patrick your memory is so good uh, you oh, are thanks. good yeah that is yeah. awesome yeah <laughs> i've been told i have a scary memory so thanks yeah <laughs> those, it's exa- a compliment. those exact words yeah <laughs> well, well i, I yeah. really like that scene with barjan uh first of all because i thought the actor was so interesting that he was so good in that scene and they found a, a, a natural organic way for that scene to escalate. It didn't feel like they walked into something that was just sort of immediately aggressive. It was just like, yeah. okay, this guy is a little, we already know he's a little unhinged, a little on edge. Something will happen here, but it grew 
in a way that was really believable. And I thought he just owned it. He really owned that. Well, of course, until he got punched in the face. But, you know, yeah, he, well, he had it coming. Yeah. But, yeah. but it, it also, I thought, you know, think about the uh, big picture mission log stuff here, morals, meanings, messages. Um, I thought that whole concept was so interesting from the time they introduced it. Again, giving to bring some some life and some depth beyond what we knew before. That this is something that she does, and that this is a, a, a job and a and a, a sort of a, a, an important interest of hers. But the very idea of pure logic equating with non-criminality or being a treatment for criminality and i thought that was utterly fascinating that are they right about this are they wrong about this are they buying a little too much in their own dedication to logic thinking that this is because look we just did an episode of uh of voyager not long ago where tuvok logic his way into a very bad decision, <laughs> you know? Yes. And it is I not... love what Janeway says about that, too. Oh, you can use logic no. to your whim to justify anything yeah. you want. And just That's one of my this... favorite scenes of the whole series. I love that scene God, so it's much. so good. Yeah, that's one of my and so good. She's so right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and... but, uh, yeah, uh, she's got this life <laughs> that we didn't know anything about. She's not just some Vulcan high priestess, you know, hanging out on Vulcan waiting for Spock. No, she's got things going on, too, in her life. Yeah. She's yeah. trying to balance out. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, we're up against the clock here. And yeah. Patrick, there, there's so much more to say yeah. about this episode and Strange New Worlds in oh general. Gosh, yeah. Do you have a, a last uh, last take here before we sign off? Well, one more thing I wanted to mention is um, the one of the aliens, the wrong going to be named Brax. Maybe think of two particular things from Voyager. One, uh, one the Talaxian kid of the same name. And also, as Shara is not I'm thinking of right now, Brax. Yes, you are not the only one. (laughs) It should have been Prax. (laughs) Yes, Suzanne messaged that to me me the other day, too. She kept on thinking that every time he was in a scene. All of us Voyager fans were probably thinking this, weren't we? Yeah. Awesome. uh, Patrick, thank you so much for calling in. Thanks for your comments, and I hope we see you again soon, okay? Yep, yep, thanks. Take care, buddy. Take care. You, You too. All right. I, Char, I feel like we just scratched the surface on this one. We need another hour. I know. I know. <laughs> we can't quit now. Yeah. The, oh, the, my gosh. This, this went so was, fast. Uh, it was good stuff. But, hey, uh, thank you uh, for filling in. As as people may know, Heather had a uh, personal thing to deal with, family issues to deal with tonight. So uh, we hope the best for her. And thank you for stepping in when you can like this. Really appreciate it. It has been yeah, a blast. A and we will do it again. Again, okay yeah hey thank you so much for having me it's always fun and this is the first mission log live you and i have done together i know it absolutely will not be the last okay that is golly i certain. hope not all right <laughs> so well, much fun take care and with that mission log live is produced by rottenberry entertainment technical production on mission log mission log live by the insouciant earl green be sure to visit podcast.roddenberry.com for the latest from roddenberry podcast if you'd like to support mission log directly give us a look at patreon.com slash mission log thank you again to my co-host charlene schmidt for being here with us this week and thanks to everyone who joined us live or will join us later we look forward to talking with you next week this is a roddenberry podcast for more great podcasts visit podcast.roddenberry.com